Welcome to Melangela's Soul Garden Podcast, the platform that makes a change. We'll be helping you to navigate a new life, boost your potential, grow spiritually, enjoy nature's ways, reinvent a creative you and so much more. Hosted by Melangela. If you would like to be notified about new episodes, you can subscribe to my newsletter, where I also share some exclusive contents. There will be no spam, and if you don't like it, you can unsubscribe at any time. You can find the link to the newsletter in the description of the episode. Now, on with the show! Enjoy! Your life is your life and you can control it. These powerful words uh, were voiced by my today's guest. Good morning, Janie J. Good morning. Nice to meet you. And you as well. Now, I decided to bring Janie on because she's another special lady with another special story, a very powerful lady and her messages that she talks about in her books are just amazing. Um, she does all that is in her power to encourage ladies around the globe to improve their lives, to find their best version of lives. So let, let's start at the very beginning, Janie. Who is Janie? Well, Janie J is a 60-something-year-old woman who is uh, an author, a speaker, a world traveler, um, I was a nationally ranked athlete a couple of years ago, and I'm also uh, discovered and finally embraced that I am also a spirit medium. And um, I've had a, a, it seemed to me, a pretty strange evolution. I was married um, for a long time, 35 years, and uh, my husband suddenly left one day, and I had been working three jobs and trying to keep all the household stuff together, and it was totally overwhelming. Even though my kids were out of the house, it was like, it, it was just too much. And when he left, that was kind of a wake up call. And I decided I was not going to live the rest of my life like that. It was, I wanted, it was just too hard. And I just knew I would burn out. Like I, I could tell I was already burnout, out. And I wanted to figure out how to have a life with more joy and peace and happiness and, and dang some fun. Like I wasn't having any fun. And um, so I had been, luckily, I had been look, reading, starting to read a book on intuition. It's just within a few weeks, it, for, within a month, for sure, of when he left. And I think, boy, that was, a real, that was really helpful because, first of all, I, I took the initiative and said, I'm going to do something for me for once. Because the way I was brought up, you always did everything for your family and you were last and your needs were not important. You were not valued. It was just expected that you were going to be this workhorse. Um, and, and so I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, you know, every morning I'm going to read a book that I like just for fun, not a work, anything for work. So I was reading a book on intuition. So I had actually learned how to be quiet and sit still for at least a few minutes a day, which before that was impossible. Like it was, uh, I was like on high alert at every minute of the day. And um, so when he left, I spent a lot of time uh, listening to podcasts, reading and sitting quietly and learning how to listen for answers and quiet my mind. And um, it was quite a journey. So I started, um, I wanted to figure out how to live my best life. 
And so uh, one day I was driving to um, one of my properties because at the time I was managing uh, industrial building in Fresno, uh, five buildings. So I, and also I was a real estate broker. So I was driving to one of the buildings one day and it was like I had this download and all this information came to me. If you want to live your best life, you need to do dit, 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 dit. And I was like, oh, this is really good stuff. So I pulled over and started writing. And I wrote, I wrote that and I used it to start a, a, a weekly blog on social media with one of the tips. And people seemed to like it. And um, later on, I made it into a book. And I didn't, I didn't know what that was when it first happened. It wasn't until later that I figured out that that was a divine download. But before I was afraid to tell anyone because I didn't really, I didn't know any spiritual people. I had like one friend and I would tell her stuff and she was encouraging because otherwise it would have really been lost. But um, I got better, I got better at that. And, and um, I could hear when I would sit quietly, I would hear voices giving me guidance. And I didn't really know what that was. So I told my friend and she said, yeah, that's your spirit guides. And after that, I learned that everybody has spirit guides and their, their whole purpose is to help guide us on our earthly journey. And, and actually they cannot help us and give us guidance unless we ask. I'm so happy that you mentioned that we were brought to believe certain things. We were brought to do certain things. We were brought to believe that a wife and a mother needs to act a certain way. I mean, I'm in my 50s, you're in your 60s. And uh, back then when bad things happened to us, that well, what they said was, well, life is tough. You need to put up with it. And that was it. Luckily, we get to understand, and there's actually a whole science behind that, that yes, reality still is bad at times and cruel, and we cannot change reality as such, but what we can change is our perspective. Um, exactly. The way we look, we take a look at things. And I truly love your story about this man who lamented about not having shoes huh? until he met another guy who had no feet. It's all about perspective and how we look at stuff. And, that, and that's one of the things I learned that really helped me transform my life. Instead of looking at everything like, woes me, woes me, you know, try to look at what God or the universe is trying to teach you and learn from it and be happy for the lessons. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, it's a whole different way. And, and a lot of people say, well, I can't do that. I can't change my mindset. Everything's against me. But if you take small steps and you learn how to change your um uh, mind when you look at things it, it's it after a while what happens is it becomes automatic and then even though even something could be very dire and you won't you'll go oh well yeah that's that's not very pleasant and um but I'm going to work through it the other thing I learned how to do that I found to be really helpful is uh when things when bad things happen and you feel really bad like and you just oh my gosh you feel like it's the end of the world uh, there's a a technique that I learned where you just, you, you accept that, you know, you acknowledge the feelings because we all know stuffing them doesn't work. Like, cause then it just comes back and you get sick or you have worse problems. So you acknowledge the feelings and you feel it. And then you just learn how to let it flow through you. It's kind of sounds weird, but after a while, it's just like the mindset you learn how to do it. 
And so if you're upset and you feel like crying that something bad is happening or you're actually looking at things from a negative way and only seeing the bad stuff and you go, okay, I don't like that. And then you just let it, you accept it and you let it flow through you. And then it, you can do it really quick, like in 10 or 15 seconds when you get good at it. And then you can go about, you know, with a smiley face and you really do feel happy in your heart. Um, but it's something I think we as humans have to learn how to do that because otherwise life is, it just sucks. Mm. Everything is pain and hurt and all that, but you've got to learn how to look at it differently and accept your feelings, whatever they are, and then uh, return to going in the flow and keeping up, uh, keeping up your happy vibrations. But you must want that. You must want a change. Yes. yes. And I, unfortunately, there are, I mean, we all know people like this that don't want to change. And they're happy being the, playing the poor me. And, you know, being you can't victim. change them. Yeah. Yes, being the victim. And you can't, you can't change other people. All you can do is be a shining example of what their life could be. And, and maybe drop some little hints or, um, you know, suggest another way they could look at life or... Um, maybe something, some little small, tiny step they could take to kind of take control of their life, but they have to do the work. And if they're not willing, I mean, it is work. You, I mean, I, when, when I first got divorced, I had to get up in the morning and I mean, I wasn't fit to go out and sell real estate or negotiate a lease or anything. Cause I was in a bad space, like feeling really down. I had to spend sometimes two hours just sitting and getting my mind straight before I was fit to go out and be around people. And I, and I can tell you times when, uh, when I, before I learned how to let my emotions just flow through me, um, I said I'd have an interaction with someone and it didn't go the way I wanted and I was upset. And if I didn't clear that out and then I went to my next appointment or phone call, it was, it was so obvious like people would be really close to doing a real estate deal. And then I, I think it's because I was bringing the wrong kind of energy to the conversation, even though it was on the phone. And it was like, oh, I just, all those months of building them up to getting close to negotiating and everything just went south. And it was like, and when I got off the phone, I remember that incident and it was like, well, that I don't have anybody to blame but myself. I shouldn't have called them until I got in a better mood. But it's when you, when you sit back and you're reflective, and you try to um, analyze what you've done and how you could have done it differently, you start seeing that it's your own fault because the people around you will change depending on how you change. Because the energy will be red. The energy yes, is yes. just so obvious and everyone can feel it. So that's that exactly right. I, I remember um, uh, when I first started on this and become and first became aware, and I didn't at the time know it was energy or vibrations or really even understand that. I just remember that I would be around certain people and everything they would say would be negative and complaining. And um, like maybe when I first started the conversation, I would be in a good mood, a happy mood. And then when they got done, I was like, oh man, I just felt horrible. Mm -hmm. And then I would re realize that the next person I interacted with I just gave it to them. And it was like, I, after a while, I could feel it as if it was a ball that they passed to me and then I had it. And then I was like, oh, what do I do? And then I give it to somebody else. And um, once I realized that, then I learned how to not catch the ball. Like if right. they're trying to say that, just nope. And I call it using Teflon. Like if somebody's gonna be like that, you know, try to try to change the conversation a little bit 
But if not, and they just in, are intent on spreading the negativity, you just have to put a wall around you. And I call it being Teflon. So if they say those things, it just bounces off. And also you have to get better at that. Like it, you can't do it the first time. It, the first thing is you got to be aware that that's even happening because most people are oblivious to it. And then they go on through their day and they wonder why they're in a bad mood. Well, they just carried all that stuff with them. Some people are just addicted to that. They just need yes. someone to, you know, shed that, that, that energy onto them. And it, that's horrible. Uh, so we need to devise ways how to protect ourselves, like to exactly. really enter this bubble of safety to protect ourselves. Exactly. Uh, but it seems that after your divorce, you just flourished. You just started doing amazing stuff. I mean, I wasn't that ha that happy in my marriage, but I was like determined to do a good job because that's what you're supposed to do and just suck it up. But I, if I would have known that this was out there for me, I mean, I could have, I could have been doing this 20 years ago or something, whenever I figured it out. But, uh, you know, when the choice wasn't mine, and, you know, for the marriage to be over, then it was like, okay, wake up call. This, this ain't working, fix it or do something. But yeah, it's been a total turnaround. Um, I, lost, I lost a lot of weight, but um uh, that so with, what would happen is people would see me that hadn't seen me in a couple of years and they'd go wow what happened to you you're like you're a different person but it wasn't just the outside uh, because yeah you could lose weight but I was also happier mm -hmm. and it was that most of the changes were in the inside about how I acted how I carried myself and I uh, you know it really it really builds up your confidence uh, once once you can lose weight and you can wear nicer clothes and then you learn to be more comfortable with yourself and not, you know, basically learn to, you stop all that negative talk about how you're, you know, people don't care what you think and you don't look good and stuff and you change it to more positive and then you, you end up being that. Mm. And, um, and I really changed everything. I'm just thinking of your first book, live the life you have imagined, which has such an enticing title. It says it all. I mean, what else can we can we add to that? But it's not meant to be read as a novel. Is it like a sort of a guideline or manual? It's it's tips. It's about 30 tips about things that you need to do to live the life you imagine. Because if you don't get those things under control, you're just going to stay stuck. And to make things even more personal and more in tune with the way we are, you then added a companion journal to that. Right, right. So people could use it and learn and grow. And we often um, we often lose track or lose sight of where we started. So if you start journal, if you use the journal, you can see, uh, like, for instance, uh, one of the first things is getting enough sleep. So at first, you might be getting only six hours of sleep, and then you have to try to work on getting, you know, eight or nine or how many you need. But you might not realize that you've improved. So if you write down in your journal, then you can keep track of it. And then also, we don't recommend that you try to do all three things at once, like pick one or two and get that nailed down, get it into a habit, into a routine, and then go on. But you need to measure it and reflect on it. So that's what the journal helps you with. Right, like a therapy, really. Yes, yes, self-therapy. <laughs> right. And you can so, do it, and you can do the book with a group, too. So that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. And then you can encourage each other and try to keep each other accountable for making some kind of progress. Right. 
it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability to write a book that is titled Single and 60. <laughs> so can you say a word or two about this one? Well, that's my own story about what the journey was like to get divorced, uh, you know, at age 60 and uh, try to figure out how to handle all the finances. I mean, I always did the finances before, but you know, there was less finance. So it was, you know, to how to get out of debt, how to get my life in order, how to have a life again and have girlfriends and how to date. And a lot of it's uh, funny stories about trying to fix stuff at my house because my uh, former husband would fix the stuff. And so I had to either fix it myself or hire somebody. And when you don't have enough money, that's a real dilemma. So, you know, there's stories in there about how I figured out what, what I could do about that. And um, it's, I, I liken it to uh, Irma Bombeck, which uh, she would write funny stories. And um, so it's to be, you can laugh at it. It won't hurt my feelings. And I think that it also shows that you can get through anything. And that's kind of the point. It's, it, you know, if you're, if you're 60, 70, 50, or even I guess people in their 40s, women in their 40s might think, oh, their life is over. It, it ain't over till it's over. Like you can keep trying and try to improve your life until I think until your very last breath. Did you, so did we you should, have, did you have like dark moments in, in those years? And if so, what did you do to get yourself out of them? Well, I remember one dark moment when everything kept breaking, like uh, the front, I have a gate, a front gate and it opens um, electronically and it was broken, it wouldn't open. And so that meant you had to go out there and crank it to get out and then crank, hop the fence and crank it to shut it. It's like big hassle. So that was broken. The garage doors were kept getting uh, where they would get stuck up. Um, the, the dryer sounded like it had pennies in it. Like, so it'd make all this noise. I don't know, everything just kept breaking. And I, I was, because my former husband usually fixed stuff. Um, I, I remember sitting in my car in the garage crying and saying, God, if you're trying to tell me I need a man, I don't care, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> it was like I stood up to God. And so after that, it didn't seem so bad you know, it kind of calmed down, but at, there there were definitely times. And I, I remember another time I was supposed to, um, I had joined a new networking group and I was supposed to go uh, meet somebody because it was a requirement if you're in this group that you have to meet with individuals and then, you know, talk about your business. And I was supposed to do that. And um, the appointment was coming up like in an hour and I was still, I was sitting on my desk at my desk with my pajamas on crying because my ex had left and I had all this debt and I was like I don't know how I'm going to pay this because my job is commission and you know but like if, if I don't make commission then like I'm going to lose everything and so I I had to call my friend and tell him I said I just can't come my husband just left and and I was crying and everything and he was like it's cool it's okay it's okay don't worry about it we can reschedule and um but what, what I learned from that is as soon as he hung up, he called someone else in that group who was an attorney and who's usually very laid back and mild and everything. And she called me up and she said, Janie, get up, get dressed, go to the bank, change the account and do this, this, this. And I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, he might get mad. And she's like, 
okay, don't worry about that. You just need to do this to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you get back together, it won't matter and all that. Um, so I did what she said and boy, that was great advice because when you're stuck in that sorrowful place and, and you don't think clearly no. and you really need to, I mean, you got to think about yourself first, not whether or not you're going to piss him off. You're going to, you need to think about like, I need to take the money out that's in the checking account and put it in another account that I'm the only one that can take care of it because you don't know, like uh, with him, he had, um, retirement coming in from the military and that was our only like real source of income and um you know if if I didn't have access to it you know I would have lost my house because I could I wasn't making enough money to pay the house payment on my own so it was that was great advice so I think that I learned that you need to count on your friends because before that I was pretty self-sufficient you know I had to do everything at home by myself and then when I went out in the real world, I hadn't actually learned how to count on friends. And I hadn't even really made very many friends, which was shocking. Like now I realize that's a real, that's a really important part of your life and being happy and having people you can call when you don't feel good or call when you want to go do something. But these but days that, was, that, that has changed, no doubt, because you like traveling as well. You right, have, right. Yeah, you have your blog and you just travel a lot. Uh, last right. year, when in, you were in Pula, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. In um, 2019, I went to Pula for uh, nearly a month. And I that was my first solo uh, European trip or, you know, out of the United States. So that was a big deal. And I was actually really scared, but um, it all worked out. And it was, I had a great time. But it's, you, you definitely, I mean, I've had to step way outside my comfort zone. But when you think about it, this is this is how change happens. It happens a little bit at a time. Um, the first uh, trip I planned by myself, uh, I was going to go with someone else, but they canceled at the last minute. So I had to drive like three and a half hours to San Francisco by myself. And there's a lot of traffic. I don't really like traffic. So I was really scared to do that. So that's, that's my first solo trip, driving to San Francisco, three and a half hours in traffic in my own state. And then, you know, a few years later, I'm going to Europe by myself and staying a month and living, you know, in a, in a regular, like an Airbnb, somebody's little apartment. That's a big change. Um, and you have to just keep pushing and pushing. That's the only way to do it. Raising the bar. And that's how we grow. And that's how we that's expand and get really better and better at things. And I would like to mention one thing about travel, because a lot of people think, oh, it's unattainable. It costs too much, blah, blah, blah. But I think that it doesn't work that way. I think that if you have your intention that you want to go a certain place um, and you hold that intention, things will come into play because, um, you know, like I said, it, even before my husband left, I wanted to travel and I couldn't get him to go anywhere. I couldn't even get him to like take me out to dinner or anything. So I, I said, I want to go um, to Europe. And my aunt came up with, um, uh, a place to stay because she uh, had a timeshare and my mom said well she would let me use her air miles so it was so we went the the three of us plus one of my aunt's friends we went to um uh spain for uh, i don't know 10 days or something and it was relatively inexpensive and um another time i went to france for a week with a girlfriend and she had timeshares so that made you know it cut down on the expenses quite a bit and when I went to Pula, that's even really a cool thing. 
is I decided I wanted to go and you had to, it was a special thing and you had to apply. So I was like, well, I'm going to apply and just, I'm going to just plan on it. And I didn't really know how much it would cost. I just kind of estimated and um, it ended up, I got accepted and I knew I was going to go. And then I found out it was going to cost more. And I'd already sold some farm equipment and some other stuff so that I could pay for the trip. And then it was going to be more. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I, I did not even think, I did not even consider that I would not go. I just said, no, I'm going to go and there will be a way. And I, and like a week later, I got a refund check that was about $1,500, which was the shortfall. Mm. So it came out perfectly. And um, I think I want to encourage people, don't let the money stop you. Set your intention, um, ask for help and it, it stuff just will, it will fall into place so that you can do what you want. Yeah, but once you put your mind to something, they just, I mean, things just happen. It's like serendipities it, take place. And, it, it, yeah. It's, it's like a miracle, but, it, you know, after a while, if you trust it, it happens over and over, and you're like, oh, that's a way of life. I'm just living like that. Like, right. It's like, I, I liken it to electricity. Well, we might not understand how it works or everything about it. You just know when you plug in your hair dryer, it works. Every so, day. like, that's, that's all I care about is it works. Okay, oh. Janie, and um, I am document. This is something I'm really curious about. And it's also I am movement, right? Right, right. So uh, what happened is I honed my um, in intuition or connecting abilities. And I talked to my spirit guides on a regular basis. And um, uh, one day they told me that I was going to be given a book and that I needed to get ready to write it down. Uh, they told me it was kind of funny. They said, get pens and pens and paper and be ready. So I, I went to the store and uh, bought a special binder and put all the pages in it and got some really good pens, which I used to be really cheap. <laughs> so so I'd like to spend money on a good pen was a big deal, but it was worth it because it's you can write a lot faster if you have a good pen. Uh, so I did that. And then they started waking me up in the middle of the night. Uh, to get up and transcribe and I would just sit in a chair I was I was kind of half asleep mm -hmm. and then I would just write what they said and at first it seems like it didn't make sense um, but then you know I, I, I mean I was really it was really hard at first so I would go back to bed and then in the morning I'd get up and read it because I wouldn't really remember much about it and it was like oh this makes sense this is good stuff these are things people need to learn so it became a, uh, an occurrence. So it, I don't know, it took maybe a month or so for that to happen to get, because what the book is, it's all about uh, why we are here and the lessons we are to learn. And it's a hundred lessons about things that we need to learn. And I, I was told that there will be three volumes and this is just the first volume. And, and I was told that I would live until I'm 97 and that my mission was to um, transcribe this and, uh, you know, get the word out and teach people and that kind of thing. And, and I remember I said, well, I thought writing the women's book was my mission. And they, and my guide said, no, no, that was like a practice mission. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, and then and that's not to discount the, with the book, the first books, but I, I look at it like, it's just like anything you need practice before you get good at it. Mm -hmm. So it's just, um, it's kind of just the next step. And there's, um, I also remember finding out that like living your best life is, yes, it's doing the things in my first book 
and learning how to, you know, take care of yourself. And, and so you can be in a place where you can learn and grow. And then, but people need to, if they kind of got that or mastered that, they need to realize that part of living your best life is being open to spirituality. And that, and so that the, uh, the new I am document is like the next step. And then it will really be a, a movement because it's a new way of living. It's a new paradigm. And many people are already living this way, but there are many people that like don't go to a, a, a regular established church and they're kind of looking for something else. It's something like 50% of the people don't associate with any certain religion. Mm -hmm. And so this is a way for them to get closer to God, the universe, our higher power, whatever they want to call it. And uh, learn how to be a really, a really great human being and um, learn, you know, do what they're supposed to be doing on this life, in this life. So um, I'm really hopeful that people will go to my website and learn about it and sign up to be updated on well, when working, the book's coming out. Working, working uh, as a medium, one-on-one, -on -one, I imagine, what type of people get in contact with you and what really are the things they expect to get from you? Well, I don't, um, I haven't pursued that, like doing that as a business. I mean, I know I could, but I really only use those capabilities to learn things about my own family and myself. And it's helped uh, explain a lot about the family dynamics, mm -hmm. not just in when I grew up as a child, but also um, uh, my grandfather that I never knew because he died when my father was young and why things were certain ways in our family. Uh, but I have helped some friends who like had a family member die and they wanted to talk to them. And so I just tell them, you know, whatever the family member said, and it seems to give them uh, peace and understanding. Um, uh, like uh, one friend, her brother had died and, uh, you know, years ago, and she couldn't understand why he was always mean to her. And so it gave us, it gave us a better understanding. It wasn't anything that she had done. It was like, it was him and he was carrying some kind of hurt with him. And that's just how he expressed it. You know, he took it out on his sister, like a lot of brothers do. And, um, uh, but it made her realize, you know, it's not, she hadn't done anything and it wasn't her fault. And her brother was so sorry. It was, it was, it was, it was a little difficult to even talk to him because he was so emotional and I could feel it. And it was, uh, it was making me cry that he was so sad about that he had hurt his sister. But it's things like that. And other friends, uh, you know, that are about my age in their 60s, they wanted to talk to their parent who had just died. And so that was, you know, uh, helpful. They could, they'd find out, you know, why or what the thing was. So I mostly use it that way. And then when I have had friends that are sick, I, I talk to them. I haven't told them I do this, but I'm trying to help them. So I talk to them in what I call the soul realm. So it's us, I, I guess it's like their subconscious or something. And I try to find out why it is that they have a brain tumor. Like what is it they're feeling and what is it they're upset about? Because the more I learn about all this, it seems to me that when, when people are sick, it's a manifestation of something that's troubling them. I'm just and, thinking, uh, Janie, working as a medium, uh, are you aware of what's going on? You, Janie J, can you, do you have any control of things or is that just a download? 
No, I have control of it and I ask them questions mm -hmm. and then I make suggestions. Mm -hmm. I, I try not to like tell people what to do. I just say, um, like if they're upset and they have cancer or something and I'll say things like, well, you know, might be better if you don't watch so much TV because that makes you in a negative mood. Try to do things that make you happy, like go gardening or be outside and try to keep a positive mindset and tell yourself that you, the cancer has disappeared from your body and those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, it's just like talking to a person. It's just, it's, it's instantaneous. But the thing that I don't know and that I'm really curious about is to do that and then go and talk to the person in, in 3D and ask them if they're aware of it. And if, because I can definitely see like the people I've helped, my friends, I can see on Facebook that the changes and whatever their affliction is, it stops getting worse. And, they're, and they change how they act and they're happier again. And I'm not taking all the credit. I'm just saying I've, I've talked to them in that realm and I've seen the difference. So I'm, it seems to me it works and it's not, yes. it's not hurting them. So um, I, it's really interesting. And I've even done it to um, connect with uh, people that have passed away, like famous people. And I've started on another book called Soul Connections, where I've uh, basically interviewed or had little conversations with people that passed away. And it's been pretty interesting because in their time, in their life, I found that some of them were actually spiritual, but they didn't want to admit it to anybody because it wasn't, it, you know, it was really out there then. So, um, so it's interesting to find these things out and find out things that they seem to be supported by facts, uh, but not, it's not well known. Like it, nothing came out that said so-and-so was spiritual. But then if you dig deeper into it, then you find, oh, there was other information. It's just not mainstream that does support it. Kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm enthralled doing that. I wish I had more time so I could finish writing, writing that book, but it'll come. And yet another layer of Janie J. Uh, she's a poet. And I'd like to read one of her poems. Um, oh, thank you. Know. <laughs> Uh, I'll try and do my best. Um, home. Those first kisses, tender and true, that's how I remembered you. A knowing, a wanting, safe and secure, a love rediscovered once it matured. Lost lifetimes ago, I'd been searching in vain wondering why things were never the same. Somehow my soul and my body knew, but my mind wasn't sure just what to do. Laid my head on your chest, felt your warm embrace. Such tenderness took me to a new place. The place I call home, where I'll always be where I am with you and you are with me. Home's not a house, but a feeling inside. One that lingers long after life's been shed. Oh, you did a great job. <laughs> I've never had anybody read it to me. That was really wonderful. What a beautiful poem that was. Thank you for composing it. What was the occasion? 
Well, uh, what happened was um, I met I met a man, and uh, it it was very uh, strange, not like anything I'd ever experienced before. It was like somebody I already knew, and um, actually I could not figure out what the heck it was. <laughs> um, and I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out, and um, because it felt like we already knew each other. In fact, I remember telling my mother, and this is like really out of really way out. I remember telling my mother that it felt like I was already married to him. And that's kind of a strange thing to tell your mom when you've only been dating somebody a short time. But it, uh, what, I, what I found out is, um, uh, I found out that, I figured out that, you know, when uh, like 20 years before I had had reoccurring dreams uh, of being in a certain place with certain things happening, but I couldn't figure out why I was there and where was my man, where was my husband? And I used to always wake up from that dream going, why am I alone and where's my man? And um, I found out by going back and visiting that dream and, and asking, well, why am I here? What am I doing here? I, I found out that I had been married to him before in a previous lifetime and that we had um, that we had a bunch of children and where we lived and how we got there and what our religion was. I mean, I found out everything. I found out the names of our kids and uh, it was, it was surreal. Mm -hmm. And then I just kept digging and digging and going, why, you know, there's something else here. And I remembered another place that I had been actually in, in Scotland with my kids and my former husband. And we went there and I said, it was really beautiful. And I said, oh, I want to be buried here. And I'm like, what? yeah, like, right. You're going to die in California and they're going to ship you to someplace in Scotland. <laughs> it was like, like the logical mind's going, you're crazy. But what I found out is that uh, by uh, allowing visions to come to me, I found out that I did, I was in fact uh, buried there and I lived there in another lifetime. So uh, this poem is about feeling this, feeling with this man and then later what happened, it, it was, it is true. And I've discovered seven lifetimes that we've been together. It's so, it's so, that's why it, that's why I couldn't help but feel it. I just didn't know what it was. It so is it's pretty so incredible. My goodness. It sends shivers down my spine. <laughs> right. I know it's so weird. It's, I mean, not weird, like in a bad way, but it's totally amazing. It did explain. And also I've learned since then. And this is uh, part of what's in the I am uh, document, the new I am document, is that uh, love, uh, love doesn't uh, go away. It's merely transformed. So it'll change to different feelings. And also love never dies. So love can go through dimensions and time. And that's, that's uh, you know, what it is. But it helped explain it to me because it was like, well, how can you love somebody a hundred years ago and, and you can still feel it, but it, it actually went back um, thousands of years ago. I mean, the, that's how far back I've been able to figure it out. My goodness. I've been able to see back to when I was first uh, on the earth, like traveling around like a, in tribes. Pretty interesting because we don't really think about that. Like mm. a, a humankind has really, really evolved. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes eons and eons. Right. Okay, Janie J, your closing remarks for our audience. 
Well, I would invite people to be open to the possibility of living their best life and realize that it's totally within your control. You have to learn the simple steps, like in my first book, and um, be willing to do the work. And then if you've already kind of got your life straightened out and you want to find out more about why you're here and what the big lessons are that we're to learn, then I would encourage people to visit uh, the website uh, www.thenewimmovement.com and they can uh, watch a video and find out a little bit more about the program and sign up for updates. Uh, because besides the book, uh, the I Am document that's coming out, I wrote another book to explain how you could go from being spiritually starved workaholic to being able to connect like this. And uh, that would help explain things for people that find it hard to believe that such a magnificent thing as getting this download could occur. So I would encourage people to go to the website and find out more. Uh, is there another platform where they can find you and possibly buy your books? Um, well, they can go to www.janeyj.net and then uh, you can read the blogs uh, and you can, um, uh, there's a shop in there and you'll be connected and you can go to Amazon and buy the books. Great. So, Janie, so happy you took the time to be with me. Thank you for all that you shared with us and uh, enjoy your journey. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, dear listeners, for staying tuned. Till next time, Milangela.